Babe, there's something different about my mango pineapple smoothie. Really? My caramel frappe tastes fine. Nah, something's definitely different. No difference? Other than I got them for half off because I ordered on the app. Well, that explains it. Explains what? How things seem to taste so much better when you're getting a sweet deal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right now at Mickey D's, get 50% off any size McCafe beverage when you order through the McDonald's app. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Follow one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. G'day, everyone. Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. Happy Easter. I hope you're having an awesome long weekend. Uh, very excited to be with you here on Monday night or whenever you're listening to this uh, to talk about something really, really fundamental that we should have talked about a long time ago uh, but sort of popped into my head only recently. So better late than never. We're talking about why we work. But just before we get onto that today, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. I pay my respects to Elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples living and working on the land today, the land that always was and always will be Aboriginal land. A couple of apologies. I don't know why I keep starting the show with apologies, but that's what's happening at the moment, guys. Um, So... I'm living in the tropics and it's, you know, pretty warm now. It's been warmer uh, up until recently. And as a result, I've had the air conditioning on a little bit more than I, what I would like to. One, because I don't think it's great for the environment. And two, uh, it's not great for my voice. So you may notice that my voice sounds a little bit scratchy. Uh, don't worry, I'm fine. Uh, but I just... I don't know. I don't do well with aircon. My throat doesn't do well with aircon. So I'm sitting here with a cup of tea and uh, doing my best, doing my best to sound clear to you guys. And uh, I also, I wasn't sure if a gin and tonic would help as well. So I also have that close by to hand just in case. All right. So these episodes, these episodes where I'm speaking on my own is all about asking questions. I don't necessarily have the right answers. I have some ideas. Uh, I kind of just approach this like if we were having a conversation, these are the kind of things I would be saying on my end. And I would love to hear what you're saying on your end. So please do feel free to reach out to me. Let me know your thoughts and your answers to the questions that I'm asking as we go along. The idea is for this episode to be thought-provoking, for us to think about why do we turn up to work? Why is it important in our lives? What does it mean? What role does it play? Uh, so you can tweet with me at laurencress 89 or you can message me on LinkedIn. Can't remember if I already said that, but th- that stuff. Uh, while we're talking about ways that you can get in touch, also please, if you enjoy this show, uh, consider leaving a positive rating and review. Massively helps the show grow, like huge. It's a huge, huge part of this show growing and makes a real difference and motivates me to show up every week to do this. Uh, We'll be talking about motivation today as well. So uh, can maybe understand a little bit more about why it motivates me. Um, So yeah, just, it takes two seconds. Just go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash, I think it's still under grow your brand. So if you go to grow your brand, because that's what the show used to be called, you'll find it there. I'll have to change that at some point. Uh, Or if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can just do it there. All right, so there's a few different models we can talk about here. Some of them we've talked about on the show before and some of them we haven't. Um, But before we even talk about psychological frameworks for motivation, let's just have a quick think about what comes to mind when you think, why do you turn up to work? And I think it's a really interesting time in history to ask this question because for a lot of us, we've experienced either risking losing our job, having our hours cut back, losing our job or losing our, you know, our ability to earn money through our business or we've had our job but we've worked from home. So it's changed the way that we've, well, that we've worked. Um, 
so and then there's there's some of us who things have stayed like like for my husband who's an emergency doctor things have stayed pretty much exactly the same except it was pretty stressful um lots and lots more to think about and potentially do depending on whereabouts you are in the world so I think everyone's had to think pretty much globally everyone's had to think about their work what they do and their career one second I'm just going to have another sip of tea So for me, when I think about that question, the first thing that comes into my head, even though I don't want it to, is I think, well, I have to work because I have to earn money. Followed pretty quickly afterwards by, yeah, but you don't just want to go to work to make money. And this applies for business as well, right? So Why run a business? If you just wanted to make money, you probably wouldn't choose to run a business because usually you have to actually have an outgoing, uh, you have to have outgoing money first. You may end up making that money back and making more money on top of that, but it's pretty risky and there's probably easier ways to make that kind of money. So, oh, there's a little lizard that just (laughs) is crawling up on the outside of my window. They're these like little gecko things up in tropical Queensland. They're very cute and they make this kind of funny noise. Anyway, they're everywhere. And the windows opened a crack, opened a little, just a little crack. So potentially we might see this little guy come inside. We'll see what happens. Anyway, I will keep you updated on the state of the gecko, my new little gecko buddy as, uh, as we continue through this podcast. So, okay, money is probably a practical factor. But if it was just money, if there wasn't any other reason to work, would we be doing what we're doing in business or in our career? Okay, so that's the first thing. Also, actually, on that point, what about people who have enough money? Like if you've got enough money to retire and, and kind of just live on their money, what do they do with the rest of their lives? Does that mean they kind of just go and sit on a beach and chill out for the rest of their lives? Like it sounds good, but we've all kind of, a lot of us have had a taste of what it's like to not have to work. Does it really, is it fulfilling for us? You know, what does that mean? Are there other projects we end up doing, even if they're volunteer projects that kind of help to give us something? So there's actually research that, has been done extensively throughout this area in terms of what motivates us, why we work and those types of things. And one thing that's been found is that once people are earning a certain amount of money, it's about, well, a few years ago, it was like 75,000 Australian, something like that, which I think is about 50,000, 60,000 US and it'd be like what maybe – 40,000 pounds, maybe even less, 35, I don't know. I don't know what the, the dollar value is now. But anyway, not not huge amounts of money, but, you know, like decent amount of money. Once people are earning that much, they kind of very quickly want to be motivated by the things. It's sort of like, oh, yeah, cool, I've made that. I've, I'm earning enough to get by. And the goalpost shifts. And maybe you've experienced this in your life yourself. I certainly have where it's kind of like, oh, I want to pay off. Say I've got like a a monetary goal, like I want to pay off my credit card debt. As soon as that credit card debt's paid off, I'm kind of like, okay, well, it's just money. You know, uh, I'm in a position where I don't have a lot of outgoing expenses. I have a partner who also has, you know, full-time income. So between the two of us, we don't have debt. We have savings. We don't have kids. So money is sort of like... It's not an issue in the sense of like, yeah, well, we'll keep sort of building that little nest egg or whatever. Oh, God, I hate saying that. But you know what I mean? Like you kind of continue to build out, build up a little bit of like security there and work away at that. But it's not like I'm not turning up to work every day to be like add money to this pile of savings like or you know, I'm, I'm from the millennial generation. It's like now we're kind of like, oh, maybe we could buy a house, but it was never like a goal because I just didn't even think it was possible. So it was kind of like, oh, whatever. 
I didn't have this like dream of my life being better than what it was because my life was already pretty good and the things that would make it maybe more secure or seem better were just things that seemed so far out of reach. So like renting a place and having some savings kind of feels like quote unquote like, oh yeah, I've made it. Like I don't sit there going like I want to be a multimillionaire or anything. So it's like that's ticking along fine. But that's not really enough to like keep me motivated to wake up every morning and show up to work or show up to do this or show up to do my YouTube videos, which by the way, quick plug, I am now again doing my weekly YouTube videos. So there's one this week going up about confirmation bias. Uh, I'm really excited to be releasing that and the content is quite different now. So podcast is for long chats like this, for interviews and you kind of only find it on the podcast. And then I might do like, sometimes I take like little snippets of the podcast and I turn it into little animation videos that I put on YouTube. But this video is something that we haven't talked about at all on the podcast. And I think you guys would love it. So if you're not yet subscribed and you want to go check out what I'm doing on YouTube, just go to youtube.com slash C slash Lauren Cress. Now, why did I put that video up? Let's use this as an example, right? Why I'm not... It's not like I'm making stacks of money from putting up a five-minute video on confirmation bias. I might make a little bit of money depending on how well the video goes, but that's not my primary reason for doing it. That's kind of just like an added bonus. And it's kind of fun. Like I do like seeing how much traffic I can get to a video. I enjoy seeing how many people it reaches and that kind of stuff. But I think that's, it's not so much about monetization for me. It's more about how many people am I helping to learn about a concept that I think is really important. And this kind of leads me into some of these models that I mentioned at the start of the podcast. I didn't name any of them. I just said I was going to talk about them. So the first model, which I've talked about on radio before, but I haven't talked about on the podcast, is the PERMA model. And this was something that was put together by Professor Martin Seligman, who is a well-known, very famous American psychologist. He is the guy who came up with the idea of learned helplessness. He did the study, quite a famous study on dogs, uh, where he basically looked at, and it's kind of, it's not very nice. This was done a long time ago. Seligman is nearly 80, so ethics were a little bit different back in the past, but Basically, it was giving administering a electric shock to a dog and the dog could either escape uh, the shock or they couldn't escape the shock. What's the copay for my eye exam? How much is my lens allowance? What kind of frames can I get? And most importantly, who accepts my vision insurance? Vision insurance can be confusing. Luckily, Pearl Vision can help you make sense of it. They offer a wide selection of state-of-the-art lenses and brand name frames. Plus, they work with all major vision plans, including iMed. Visit pearlvision.com to find your neighborhood eye care center today. And then once they, the dogs that couldn't escape the shock, after they'd learned that for a while, then they allowed them to escape the shock so they could actually jump into a place where they didn't get the shock, uh, but they had learnt to just put up with it so they didn't try to escape it. Really, really famous study and kind of talks about this idea of how we can be conditioned to kind of just accept our fate and not try to do new things, um, not try to um, change the way our lives look because we've accepted the bad, painful things that have happened and we just expect them to continue. So he also came up with this PERMA model. So PERMA is basically sort of like this idea of a recipe for happiness or well-being. And uh, each letter stands for a different aspect that's important for us to be motivated and able to achieve this idea of happiness or of well-being. So The P in PERMA stands for positive emotion. We all want to feel good. We want to experience positive feelings, not negative feelings. That's something that motivates us. Why do we work? Well, 
that's one of the reasons that we turn up to work is we want to experience positive emotion. We want to feel good. And the idea is that if people aren't experiencing positive emotion at work, then they're going to not feel so great about going to work. Uh, E in PERMA stands for engagement. So this is the idea that we feel challenged, that we feel interested and intrigued with the task at hand, that we're curious, that we're learning. And there's an optimum level of challenge that we kind of want to experience when, uh, in order to be engaged. So if things are too challenging for us, we're going to be like, nah, I feel overwhelmed. This is way too hard, way too stressful. I can't deal with this. And if it's too easy, we feel really bored. If you think about when you've wanted to potentially leave a job or maybe even leave your business, it may be that you don't feel engaged anymore. And in fact, it's one of the main reasons that people say they hate their job is that they don't feel engaged with it. They don't feel connected to it. They don't feel interested in it. So we want to make sure that if we're working for ourselves, we're creating that you know, level of challenge for ourselves. And if we're employing other people, same thing, or if we're an employee ourselves, we want to make sure that we're asking for projects that, that are going to keep us challenged. Recognition is the R in PERMA. Now, this is the idea of validating people, of feeling recognized, feeling validated with the work that we're doing. If we don't, if we don't feel recognized, we don't feel appreciated, then we're going to start to, it's sort of connected with engagement as well. We're going to start to feel like, well, what's the point? No one sees me here. No one sees what I'm doing. Really, really important. M is meaning. So this is the idea that what we're doing has a purpose, that it's helping us to feel fulfilled in the work that we do, giving us a reason to exist and feel like we're part of something greater than ourselves. And A in PERMA is for achievement. So this idea that we can feel this sense of accomplishment with the work that we do. And this, again, all of these things are connected, right? Because when we have a sense of achievement, we're going to experience positive emotion and we're probably going to get recognition. And it's because we've faced a challenge and overcome it, which means we feel engaged. So they're all kind of connected, but I think it's a really, really useful base kind of framework to start thinking about what sort of work we're creating for ourselves and how we can also have an impact on that. Because so if you're in a position now where you're kind of like, maybe you're being employed by someone else, but you've got a side hustle and you're trying to turn that into a business. The side hustle is not my ideal word because I'm kind of like, I don't like the idea of telling people you need to hustle. I don't agree with that. I don't think we have to hustle. But this kind of idea that you've got this side thing that you want to turn into a business and you're not sure if you can and you've got this job and maybe you're feeling like you're a bit bored and maybe that's going to be the situation for the next two years. Maybe your business doesn't get off the ground for another two years. Well, we don't want to be kind of sitting there feeling bored and underrecognized, disengaged, experiencing all this negative emotion, being bullied. Like we don't want to put up with that in the meantime in order to order to achieve the next thing. And I think that's something for a lot of people on the entrepreneurship journey or running a small business, I think we can be really good at putting up with things that aren't ideal because we've got this really, really clear idea of the future and what we want that to look like. So oh, we'll just, I'll just deal with this now. But the problem is, is when we don't have those things in our lives, we can end up feeling burnt out. Now, I'm saying this because I've experienced this myself. I did this to myself. I was kind of like, okay, the business will get to this point. I can see the business getting to this point. And because I was so focused on sort of running into the future, I couldn't pay attention to like some of the big alarm bells that were happening around me like right then. It was like I completely ignored the present and I focused fully on the future. And it's like I could see how I could get the P and the E and the R and the M and the A. I could see how I could get all that one day in the future. But I was just like, 
but it means that I can't have it now. And now in hindsight, from my perspective, I just see it as in like, well, no, I actually don't think that's true. I think each day can have these things in it or we can strive to have those things in it. And if we're focusing too much on the future, then we can kind of miss out on living in the present, which is kind of the whole point. Um, There's a great video, one of my favorite YouTube videos. Um, It's called Music and Life. And it's, I can't remember who did the animation, but it's a Alan Watts uh, speech. Alan Watts was a American philosopher and theologist, and he talked about a lot of cool stuff. And one thing he talked about was this idea that we're kind of always chasing the future and it's sort of like chasing the final note in uh, a piece of music, you know. Uh, We don't want to rush to the end because then we're kind of missing out on the whole point. We're missing out on enjoying the music. Uh, We're missing out on dancing with the music and spending that time in the present. So, Now for me, like looking at the PERMA model, I kind of think about that more as in like, how do I make sure that's happening in my day to day? And there's so much of that that's within our control. So things like positive emotion, we might be like, oh, it's other people who have to make us feel positive. But if we're thinking like that, then we can always make an excuse for not experiencing positive emotion. If everything that we base our feelings on is external to us, then we have a very good chance of continuously feeling actually quite miserable and experiencing a lot of negative emotions. There's always bad stuff going on. There's always good stuff going on. And I'm not saying to pretend that the negative stuff doesn't exist, but one thing that we talk about at People Strength, which is where I'm working at the moment, is about amplifying positive emotion, about amplifying different aspects of what's going on in our lives. And I think that's such a good work word for it is how do you amplify the positive things that are happening whilst also validating some of those negative things that are happening too. Like it's okay to say my day was shit. Like that's completely okay. But It's also good to start asking yourself questions that are going to make you think about what are the good things that happened today? It could be something really, really simple, but what are those good things that happened and how did, how were you responsible for making those good things happen? What was your involvement in that? So one question that we ask at People Strength is like, what went well because of you? And you start to think about and you start to connect the the positive things with things that are within your control and how that can set up positive emotions for yourself and maybe other people and a whole heap of other good stuff. When it comes to engagement, when it comes to feeling like you're being challenged, one thing you might want to think about is like asking for another project. I briefly mentioned this before, right? So I used to do this at the last place I worked before I went out on my own and started my own business. One of the things I thought about was like, And I used to say, well, what other projects can I do? What's something that I can take charge of? What's something that I can run with a mate of mine who I love working with? And I just kind of create these projects. Obviously, there was a bit of a business case for them. (laughs) But actually, in doing that, I learned so much. Like, I also started thinking about how to create value in a business outside of my job description you know, and really building that business acumen, which was so, so helpful when it came to running my own business. So it's like, we can start to do that. How how are you going to be challenged today in a good way? That's really going to help you hone your skills, hone your strengths. Recognition, same thing. If other people aren't validating you, one thing you can do is you can start validating yourself. Keep a journal, write down, this is what I did well. Taking ownership of that kind of stuff is so, so important. It's not just about other people recognizing us externally, although that's wonderful. It's also about us recognizing ourselves. And if we start doing that, if we start paying attention to that, we can also start voicing that to other people as well. So when it comes time for a promotion or when it comes time to apply yourself in a different area, maybe you're making a career transition or maybe 
especially for business owners, if you're by yourself, you you don't get an opportunity to really have that external validation. That was something I noticed massively. It's like you don't have a team around you recognizing you anymore. So you have to give that to yourself and then you have to be able to back yourself with clients. It's one of the hardest things is like when you're on your own and you're dealing with customers and clients, you've got to, you've got to remember that they are paying you for a service. They're not your teammate. So they're going to talk to you a little bit differently and come at you from a different mindset. And you may go through a period of time where you just feel like, wow, all these clients are really unhappy and disgruntled. And it's not necessarily because you're doing a bad job. It could just be that it's a bad time, that the service that you provide happens to be something that right now is really difficult for people. I mean, you know, I think about I have talked to so many people who worked at like Woolworths or worked at other shops and retailers that stayed open uh, during quarantine and lockdown. You know, obviously they were allowed to stay open. People were allowed to stay open and they were kind of like such a refuge for so many people. And I'd be like, oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. I'd love it. I love it, right? I'd be like, I want to talk to you. Like, I, I'm out at the moment. I can I can say stuff. I'm so excited because I just really need that human contact. And sometimes I'd be like, you know, how's your day been? How are you finding things? Or like, thank you so much for being here, et cetera, et cetera. And they'd be like, oh yeah, I just, you know, people have been blasting me today or got told off because we ran out of something, whatever. And you're like, these people are providing a really, really important service right now. And instead of being recognized, a lot of the time they're hearing negative things. And even if they're hearing positive things, the thing is, is we have to, I've talked about this before, we have to like hear a lot more positive stuff to make up for one negative thing. So sitting down and kind of really nutting that out with yourself and going, okay, like actually, no, there are a lot of positive things going on. If you're servicing clients, maybe have a think about from your perspective, what have you done right with those clients instead of just worrying about the negative things that clients might be saying? And you might also start to notice that, oh, actually there's been five positive things that clients have said and like one negative thing, but I was thinking about that one negative thing. And when you've written it down on paper, you can start to see all those positive things. So we can do this stuff for ourselves. Now with meaning, I want to talk about this a little bit more because I have mentioned this before that we need meaning in our lives. It's so, so important. We need to feel this sense of my life has meaning, my job has purpose, and I'm doing this for a reason. I'm turning up to work for a reason. But what I've noticed in my experience, and this is a question for you, I'm meant to be asking questions. So what I want to ask you is like, do you feel like sometimes you're tricking yourself into thinking that something is purposeful or meaningful when actually meaningful? Yeah, that's a word. Oh God, I just had this like, wait a second, is that a word? Well, maybe something else is more meaningful. So for instance, like We could have a job that when we actually think about it, it's like, okay, what is it that feels meaningful about this job? Is this actually really doing something that I think is important for the world? And also at the same time, be maybe doing, not doing things that are really important, like spending time with our partner or spending time with our kids or um, doing the volunteer work that we know actually really makes a massive difference. I think, I feel like sometimes 
companies, especially like corporates and stuff, they can try to create this sense of meaning when actually maybe there isn't any. Like it's sort of this facade of meaning. Oh, yeah, it's really important that we do this. And actually it's like, but is it? Is it really important that we do this thing? It's just something that I've noticed and I think it's important for us to think about. I think regardless of work, I think if we never worked a day in our lives, our lives are still very meaningful and it's about looking for what that meaning is for you, right? And I I don't think it has to revolve around work at all. I think work can be a contributing factor and it's great if we can do work that feels meaningful or run a business that feels meaningful. That's why this is called purpose-driven. But I also think that it's important that we don't identify so much with our job and think that our purpose only depends on what we do with where we get paid money in our daily sort of working lives, that if that's taken away, we no longer feel like we have a sense of meaning. I think that's a really risky thing and something that I've definitely felt in my life before. So I just wanted to talk about that for a second and kind of point out that like meaning is something that I think we can automatically tie with work, but sometimes we don't think about it beyond that. So for me, what I'm realizing more and more is like doing this podcast show and doing my YouTube videos and stuff like if I never made money from it, and I've, I've said this on the show before actually, if I ne- never made money from it, I would still do it. It's still meaningful to me. It still matters to me. It's still part of who I am. And it's a way that I can just make a small contribution in my part of the world to maybe help a few people out with things that I've been through and things I've thought about. And that's made a difference to me in my life. The biggest thing that's made a difference in my life is being able to listen to, watch and read about the experiences and life lessons and ideas that other people want to share. And obviously having conversations is great as well, which is why I always leave my door open for conversations as well. I think it's hugely, hugely meaningful. And regardless of whether everything was taken away from me or not, I could still talk with other human beings and that would mean that my life was worth living. That would mean that I have a sense of meaning and belonging and fulfillment. And then with with achievement, same thing, right? Like we can create goalposts for ourselves or we can let other people create it for us. And so if you kind of, again, look through each one of these things, you can start to see like I could rely on someone else to do this for me and then it's completely outside of my control, but I hope that happens. But I can also do this for myself. And I think when we're aware of how to do each of those things more and more, um, that's when we start to feel like, I guess, more motivated to wake up, look forward to the day ahead and also contextualize our work as part of like the bigger things we're trying to achieve in life rather than separating work with the rest of our lives and seeing it as kind of like another day, another dollar, which I just think is such a depressing reason to go to work and I feel very lucky to not be in a position where I have to go to a work a a job I don't enjoy just to make another day uh, just to make another dollar another day um and I I don't think our society should be I don't think we should be in a position where anyone has to do that I, I think that I mean I'm a big believer in universal base income because I think that we're going to get to a point where there's all these jobs that just actually don't have to exist. And a lot of those jobs are jobs that no one really wanted to do anyway. And it's kind of like the reason those jobs don't need to exist is because we'll have artificial intelligence. One of the things we keep talking about is like, what's going to happen to all these jobs if we suddenly have machines to do it? It's like, great, get the machines to do it, save a bunch of money and pay people and they can just go and live their lives and do things. Like, you don't, as long as, as long as there's a way for people to still feel like their life is meaningful, we need to figure that stuff out. That's where things like community is really important. That's where like volunteer work's really important. And some of the most important jobs that happen in life are ones that we don't recognize or pay people for. Like the person who's looking after their elderly mother 
And as a result, they have to take a low-paying job, part-time job, because their priority is looking after their mum. And that brings them a whole heap of meaning. But like, what about if they could just look after their mum and not have to work and still have their needs taken care of? And I don't mean like super, super basic, like bare minimum needs. I mean, just like a, like a good amount, like like the amount that that, like I said before that, there's an amount of money where people start to go, okay, like cool, my money stuff is taken care of. And obviously that changes with inflation and things like that. But it's like, cool you know what, you giving amazing care to your elderly mother, one, that actually helps society. It saves taxpayer dollars because we keep people out of hospital. We keep people out of nursing homes for longer. Also, there's way more meaning for that elderly mother and that child who's looking after that person. Same with parents, right? Like what if parents just got the opportunity to take really good care of their kids and educate their kids? And that meant that that would that would there would be all these positive things that would happen in society as a result but we don't recognize that as work it's sort of like this invisible work that just happens this is not my point by the way and i can't remember who has talked about this before but there's a lot of jobs that are super super important that don't make any money and that if they're not done it actually costs our economy and it costs taxpayers dollars and it's like well what about if we just made life easier for everyone? Plus we got machines to do the shitty jobs. How good would that be? You know, like self-driving cars and self-driving trucks. If people can't do those jobs anymore because they're not available, what about if they don't have to go to work because we got to that point in time in our history where we actually made life easier for ourselves instead of just creating jobs for the sake of creating jobs? Like, like our government in Australia – creates jobs so people have a place to go to work there's a bunch of health benefits from working but again it goes back to these principles that we're talking about here it's to do with the psychological benefits and the sense of purpose and positive emotion and connection engagement all these things that we get from work if we can get that from somewhere else do we really need people to do meaningless work just because we created jobs because we have to like tick that it just doesn't Capitalism is not going to make sense soon. <laughs> Hashtag end of rant. So I wanted to talk briefly about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I'm going to finish up by talking about an article I came across on Harvard Business Review that talks about what motivates employees to work as well. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we've talked about this before a few times on the show. There's sort of like the old original Maslow's hierarchy of needs is five levels, but then that's kind of been, um, you know, altered over time to to kind of be a little bit more extensive. I'm just going to pull it up on my phone as we're talking. I think there's now seven levels. Yep, seven levels. Okay, so originally... Uh, 1943 was the original Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And the this is like, if you want to find out more about the one that I'm reading off, just look up adapted seven level hierarchy of needs. Um, so it starts off with like our biological and our physiological needs. That's kind of like, you know, we need this to survive stuff. So things like we need oxygen, we need food, we need water and shelter Um, we need warmth and sleep and ideally sex all those kinds of things right we don't have those things we don't have those basic things then it's very hard for us to focus on other higher sort of levels of needs because our basic needs aren't met like for instance you're not going to worry about your job promotion if you can't breathe that it's just like your job promotion really doesn't matter. You're like, I literally can't breathe right now. Like that's got to take get taken care of first. Second level of needs, safety needs. So these are things like feeling a sense of security and protection, um, law and order. It's kind of like stable household. So um, just that basic sense of safety, which sadly many people do not experience and then they're asked to think about other levels of needs but it's very very hard when you're in survival mode again to be thinking about these other levels the third level up is an, this need for belonging and love so 
this is where we're looking for family connection, we're looking for friends, romantic relationships, things like that. And this is sort of the level, I guess, where uh, a lot of our work stuff tends to start to get into. And again, like I was saying, once those basic level sort of basic needs are met. So that's why once we have a certain amount of money and we're kind of like our biological needs are taken care of, our safety needs are taken care of, we've got a roof over our head, we feel secure, then we're going to start thinking more about do I belong in the workplace? What do people think of me? And this takes us also into level four, which is our esteem needs. So things like status, uh, responsibility, our reputation amongst people and our sense of achievement, which is something we were talking about in the PERMA model before. Go a step above that and then we have cognitive needs. So these are things like knowledge and self-awareness, learning, meaning, and again, you'll recognize some of those words from the PERMA model. Above that, once we've got all of those needs taken care of, so we've got biological safety, belongingness, esteem, and cognitive needs. Then we have aesthetic needs. So this one's interesting. This is kind of about things like beauty, balance, form. What it makes me think about is like, it's almost like we need all of those other things before we maybe start thinking about things like taking care of our skin or getting our body into like the best shape it's been in, or designing our house the way we want it to look, maybe like changing the interiors or decorating or things like that. Uh, Or maybe like simplifying, like being more minimalistic is something that we can do when we can actually start to think about that stuff. We've got all those other needs met. And then the final one right at the top, is self-actualization. So this is personal growth and fulfillment. And I realized I talked about meaning before, and I think that it's interesting, but there can be different levels of meaning, right? So there can be meaning in that sense of, I have a reason to exist. I feel that strongly, um, which comes under cognitive needs. But personal growth and fulfillment is more like, I'm reaching my full potential. And tomorrow I'm going to see how I can extend that. So it's when people talk about being in a growth mindset, they're usually talking about that sort of top level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Okay, so there's a lot of crossover there, but it's interesting to think about these different aspects of life, what motivates us, where we want to be, where we want to get to, why we do what we do. So again, thinking back, like, why do we work for you? What is it that you get from work? Is there more you want to get from work? Are a lot of these things stuff that you see outside of work and work is kind of like in the way or do they all kind of integrate? Now, I'm not going to talk about the ikigai again because we're going to do over the next sort of four episodes of me talking, there might be interspersed with interviews, but we're going to talk more about each aspect of the ikigai. So there's only one other thing I want to talk about today, which is this Harvard Business Review article that I came across. Now, I actually came across this because I was looking for something else. So I had read a while ago, I'm pretty sure it was on HBR, that the reasons that people work in this original article I've read was um, one of three things. So it was purpose, money, and status. So money, I want to acquire more money. If I acquire more money... That kind of tied in with legacy as well. I've got money to leave behind to my kids, to my grandkids, Um, you know, probably worried a bit more about things like security, financial security and safety and things we talked about in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, Status, so this idea of reputation, what do other people think of me? Definitely something that I used to worry a lot more about in the past, which is why I think brand was such an interesting concept to me. It still is. Um, But now I see those things tied a lot more to purpose. Um, Speaking of, the other main motivator was purpose. So this sense of like, I'm doing this because it makes me feel like I'm part of something bigger than myself. Um, There's a clear reason for me to do this. It gives my life meaning and joy. 
Then when I went to find that article, I found another article which I actually thought was more interesting. So this is the one I'm going to share. So I'll put the link in the show notes, but the article is called The Three Things Employees Really Want, Career, Community and Cause. And they are kind of related to what we're talking about. And in the article, um, talks about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But basically, in summary, I'm just going to read out the three kind of, these three C's and what they say about each. So they say career is about work. Having a job that provides autonomy allows you to use your strengths and promotes your learning and development. It's at the heart of intrinsic motivation. So intrinsic motivation is about the things within us that motivate us. So it's not external to us. It's actually like this is something that I'm motivating myself to do because I'm learning and developing and growing. Community is about people. So feeling respected, cared about and recognized by others, it drives our sense of connection and belongingness. And cause is about purpose, feeling that you make a meaningful impact, identifying with the organization's mission and believing that it does some good in the world. It's a source of pride. And again, on this last point, I think it's really important that we realize when we're being manipulated and when we actually care about an organization's mission because you've got to remember that for some of these big corporations they like pay a lot of money to wordsmith things to sound like something that we should care about but we need to be kind of savvy with that and I think at the same time there's lots of us in small business who maybe haven't thought about how important it is to craft that mission and think about that mission or connect with that meaning. And maybe we're kind of like skimming that a little bit and not realizing how important that is to attract our tribe, attract people who want to buy from us and attract employees that attract employees that want to work for us as well. So I think this is where I want to spend a lot more time sort of talking to you guys and asking questions about and thinking about and reflecting on because I think that cause is getting lost sometimes. The way we talk about cause is confusing at times and we need to be careful there, especially at a time. Sorry, my voice is cracking a bit. I'm just going to have some more gin and tonic. At a time where... We actually really need to pull together and figure out what is really meaningful and really purposeful and makes a difference in our world because if we're bullshitting ourselves about that, um, then we can kind of miss the boat with like making sure that we have a world and a home for the future generations. Like we're kind of at a pretty serious point with all of that and I know I talk about that quite a bit but I'm like, We really need to not bullshit ourselves about this. We really need to do stuff that actually matters. And where our our strengths are going to have the most impact. Which kind of leads me to, again, what we're going to start talking about in this series on the Ikigai. So each week I'm going to go through one of those four key aspects of reason for being. So I think we're going, what did I say I was going to start with? Let's start with let's start with finding what you're good at. That will be part one of the Ikigai series. How do you find what you're good at? How do you tap into that? I think that's a really, really challenging thing to do. And I'm going to ask you some questions to help you think about that a little bit more. So you can start amplifying that as well and exploring what those strengths are, what your skills are, so you can... I think like I found that really, really hard actually. I've, I still find that hard in some ways because one, it's like, oh, what am I actually good at? And two, then it kind of means I have to admit that I'm not good at things and that's a scary place to kind of be. So we'll talk about that next time. In the meantime, have a think about why do you work? What drives you? What motivates you? And how do you do more of those things? How do, you, how do you make sure that that's not the right way to ask it? It's not how do you do more of those things. It's more like how do you, whether it's you're looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs or you're looking at that PERMA model, how do you start to make sure you're getting the things that you need 
from your day-to-day life and your work because the, the fact of the matter is is we spend a third of our lives working even when we're running our own business and I know a lot of people listening here are either aspiring entrepreneurs entrepreneurs small business owners or you're thinking about a project that you want to run or a podcast you want to run people that are doing stuff outside of the normal career box but you also might be at a point where you're still in your job and thinking about that for you have a think about okay how do I bring these things into my life because sometimes I think when it comes to doing our own thing we get so much autonomy that we forget about all the other things that need to go along with it and it's like we don't see ourselves as an employee of of ourselves and we don't think about how to take care of ourselves it's really really hard especially if you've been working for other people and maybe not necessarily realize some of those things that you got out of going to work until they're gone that was definitely something that I took for granted so that's it from me for this week. If you enjoyed this episode, if you love this podcast, if you want to support the show, please consider heading over to my Kofi page. It's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. And for the price of a cup of coffee once a month, you get access to all of these episodes. But as you know, this podcast is free and you would get access to them anyway. But it really, really helps me and it tells me that what this what I'm doing here is valuable by having that support. That money goes towards the hosting fees that I pay. I bought a lot of equipment, so that comes out of my pocket. So it just helps to kind of offset some of the costs for making this show. Uh, And I guess it's kind of like it's free, but it's not cheap. So um, it is something that I'm super, super passionate about. It brings my life lots of meaning enjoy and I love doing it and it's great if I can get some support for that as well so Kofi page is ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress come check out my YouTube channel until next week if you'd like some more content so that's youtube.com slash c slash Lauren Cress review the show rate the show treat with me all that kind of good stuff and until next time remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place Cheers, guys. Not running your business on NetSuite is like trying to sink a putt with a cap pulled over your eyes. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one cloud financial system, giving you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, budgeting, and more all in one place. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 31,000 businesses already use NetSuite. This summer, NetSuite has a special financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com go. netsuite.com go.